Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, so this episode's a little bit different than usual because uh, we're talking about all things health and optimizing your performance, especially when you're uh, with mental energy and uh, being on top of your game for your business. So that's why, you know, I make the relevancy bridge there. But so my guest today is Nathaniel Solis and, and, and he really helps people out with um, their own self-mastery when it comes to just mindset, health, um, you know, biohacking, optimization, that sort of stuff. I'm really into biohacking. It's super cool. Um, but we, I, I, so obviously being selfish me, thinking about the listeners, thinking about you, how is this going to help you related to storytelling? Well, we go into different ways how you can master your daily energy, um, especially when it comes to around dopamine, caffeine, that sort of stuff. If you're really interested in this sort of thing, you're going to love today's episode with Nathaniel Solis. G'day. Hey, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Nathaniel Solis from nathanielsolis.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Nathaniel. Thanks for having me on, dude. I'm, hey, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're from an exciting part of the world that I definitely want to visit. We had a great convo before that. But uh, before we get into today's conversation, all about really cool stuff about you know mastering the story within and, and all these other personal development things that we need to master as business owners, could you tell my audience the back, the Cliff Notes backstory of how you got to where you are right now? Yeah, sure, man. Uh, I think I was really blessed at, at a young age. Um, I had a lot of extra things to think about from deaths in my family and wondering what all that means, how that works, you know, uh, not being brought up in any particular religion. So not necessarily having a direction or something to mm-hmm. lean into. So I was always a very inquisitive guy. When I was in high school, somebody dropped a DVD in my mailbox. And it was a very, very interesting film that helped me kind of see the world in a new way. Mm-hmm. So my brain has just kind of always had this extra perspective perspective that I like to play with. I started a YouTube channel when I was, uh, gosh, this was almost 12 years ago. And didn't, I didn't know you could make money online. Yeah. I didn't, I've never heard of a coach before. I've never heard of an entrepreneur. And I just wanted to share what I was passionate about and started telling stories, making content, put myself out there. And um, that slowly turned into people wanting support from me. And here we are, you know, 10, 12 years later, and I just get, I, get, I run a business now supporting people in a lot of different ways, all based in, you know, personal development and mm. health and lifestyle and business and things like that. Yeah. And uh, it's been a, it's just been like a, uh, an adventure basically of becoming an entrepreneur before I even knew I was one realizing, oh, I got to pay my own bills, make, you know, figure this stuff out. So yeah. Um, yeah, here we are. And were you doing sort of side hustles or when did you sort of realize, hey, I want to do this full time? So the one time there was an overlap, I was running, not running, but, you know, kind of like co-managing a coffee shop and then had my YouTube channel on the side Mm -hmm. every single day, getting bombarded with like, 
you'll never make enough money doing that. This is so silly. Like, what do you think you're doing? You know, I'm just, I'm walking around vlogging before the word vlog existed. Right. Like I'm just, I'm just loving doing this stuff, but Mm. I didn't, I just didn't even know you could make money with it. And it wasn't until, you know, through the right synchronicity that job didn't end up working out and I just had to go all in, you know, I was using my, the same skills that I used to make media editing videos or creating little landing pages and things like that. I would kind of sell that on the side as far as a side gig goes, but there was like a fine line that I crossed where all of a sudden it's just me and my laptop and that makes the whole world go around. So it's Mm. been a, been a long journey with that. Was there like a plateau or plomo moment? Like you had to get this done or, or a bad, bad consequence would happen. Uh, yeah. And, and sometimes they do. Sometimes I didn't get it done. You know, like I've, 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 for the first probably five years of my business, you know, it's yeah. like this up and down journey and that down can go as low as, Oh snap, I'm not paying rent or I got to get help or I got to get support in these different ways. I've, you know, thankfully I built a, this community online through what I was doing who mm. believed in me and were, and were passionate about the same things. Yep. Um, so I've always been able to, you know, have this, the support that I need and not end up, you know, <laughs> to- withering away. But yeah, man, I've been, I've been in all the ups and downs. Yeah, well, that's really interesting because you've been relevant for 12 years, which, man, a lot of people would struggle to do that. And like you said, you've been through all the ups and all the downs. Probably you've got the playbook. Not probably, you would have the playbook before people get there. Um, so what are you focusing on right now in your business that you've learned in your all your experience? How do you apply that to what yeah. you do right now? Yeah, totally. Well, really started back way back with the YouTube channel. When I first started, you know, the, the original intention was talking about health. I was really into nutrition. Yep. I, I had this kind of spiritual side of things with me. And I just, I, and I appreciated community and people coming together who like cared about things. Right. And then people started coming to me asking for consultations. Like, Hey, I like how you make these green smoothies or how you, you know, do these different healthy lifestyle things. Can you help me do that too? Can I pay you for a consultation? And I had to Google what the word consultation meant because <laughs> I, I didn't even know that person ended up sending me a check for $50. And that's when I realized like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took me, you know, some time to start to continue to get my, my bearings with all of that. But, you know, over time uh, you start to realize like there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, make the content, but you can, Oh, snap. Where did he go? (laughs) The floor is yours. What, what, ask me that question again. Okay. We were talking about, so someone just gave you a $50 check and you just realized what a consultation was. And it was all about, you know, how were you applying what you learned over the last 12 years to what you're focusing on right now in your business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I started to, as more and more people kept coming in to get different types of support, it's like, no matter what they came to me for, if it was health related or relationships or whatever, we still had to address all the other pieces, right? And there's this whole idea of niching, right? And, you know, just be the nutrition guy, if you're going to be the nutrition guy, or just be the relationships, you know, coach, if you're going to do relationships. Mm -hmm. And I tried that you know, in a lot of different ways, but someone would come to me wanting to eat healthier food. And then it turns out they're not sleeping very good. So it's harder to make good choices about food during the day if you can't sleep well, and they're not sleeping well because they have these unresolved things in their relationships (laughs) and they have the unresolved things in their relationships because they don't spend enough time in nature and they don't spend enough time in nature because they're stuck at this job because they don't think they deserve you. Right. And it's like, everything's touches everything. Mm 
So, so always- don't interrupt. What you were, so what you're saying is that um, a niche in your perspective was like just a symptom of what the root cause was. And sure, when, sure, when- yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Or or I guess what it really came down to, or what I realized, like at some point, there needs to be a way to address the whole person as a whole person. Yeah. Right. And so basically the last 10 years has been me obsessing over that and, and developing my own kind of body of work and my own methodologies and principles that kind of create the system that I call integrative leadership. And it's this way of, you know, how, how can you show up when everything does touch everything and how can that not, not be such an overwhelming conclusion anymore? I think a lot of entrepreneurs, right. As you start to grow, you start to wake up to these things. You're like, Oh, whoa, it's really important to be super healthy as an entrepreneur. All right, well, let's work on that. Oh, it's also really important to maintain relationships, communicate well. Oh, it's really important to have kind of spiritual time or time to kind of cultivate silence or stillness or study things. And these things start to just turn into more checklists, right? And it starts to get super overwhelming. Mm. So ultimately, it's what I do do with people now is help them step into a lifestyle in a way that's embodied, not a way you have to like remember to do things and psych yourself up to do stuff, but actually integrate it into that person. So that they're, that they're able to holistically kind of manage their whole life. That's really interesting. And I'm curious to know what are those gaps that people have, especially say like 2020, we had the pandemic. There's a lot of tribal, tribal-esque like people out there, yeah. you know, confirmation bias bubbles. We're at home. Maybe we're not connecting as much as with friends. Health mm-hmm. becomes a second priority because work becomes a blur at home. Like all this crazy stuff, right? Maybe I've just mentioned it, but like, what are those key gaps that you're seeing that people are starting to lose connection with that, you know, make the difference yeah. in business? Well, it's, one, it's people not understanding how their body works, right? So when you mentioned the pandemic, what that actually is, is a worldwide collective trauma experience, right? Everyone's triggered, right? When you think about when you're in an argument, you get triggered, right? That mm, feeling, that everyone has this subtle trigger. Everyone has their fight or flight engaged to some degree, especially if you keep looking at the news all day and, you know, stuck behind your, you know, little, doing your little keyboard warrior stuff and fighting people and, you know, acting from this place. Yeah. So when you get to the root cause of that, it actually, the, the, the part people are missing is not stopping and slowing down enough to regain that safety within your own nervous system. Right. And sometimes that just takes a couple of days of letting yourself sleep in a little bit extra, getting that extra movement, the extra sunlight, eating really good food, feeling full, like doing the things that a safe, calm body does. And even you take the pandemic aside, most mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and people trying to lead their life are also still already living in that chronic fight or flight state, right? Jumping around from your all the notifications on your phone to traffic, to the stuff you got to do, to the deadlines, to having to show up and do it right and make more money each month over and over and over. It's like, that just puts us in this constant, you know, uh, state of, of feeling like everything's a threat. Right. So a lot of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and a lot of my work really focus on how do we actually get people to slow down? And it's, and it's ironic because these are the kinds of people who it's like, that's their gift is that they don't slow down. Right. Like they're so powerful and they're so on it and they just go for it. So it makes my job very interesting, but very rewarding. Cause once I can get people into that space, everything changes for them. Yeah. So it sounds like the type of people that you work with, they're workaholics and they really thrive off momentum. I've worked with clients before. who have had this problem where, mm-hmm. um, or their clients feel like if I don't stop, then I'll lose momentum. If I lose momentum, then I'm going to look like a failure or um, yep. embarrassed in front of my friends and peers because they're going to be getting ahead of myself. And, 
-hmm. it's this toxic sort of cycle that goes in their head. Is that something that you've sort of seen with your clients? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, every single one of them to some degree, right? I like to think of, <clears throat> I don't know, I conceptualize this idea of uh, memetics, right? Or memes, like being like a river, right? With a really strong tide. So when you decide to become an entrepreneur, you kind of dip your foot in that meme river, like the idea of what it means to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. which is everybody else's ideas. And that, that current just takes you, right? And it's like, it's my job to kind of throw in some, uh, safety nets and try to pull some people out of that yep. river and give them a chance to be like, no, no, what do you, what actually works for you? Right. And how can you go along this journey and pay attention to these things so that you're using it as feedback versus just, Oh, well, I guess it's just what it means to be an entrepreneur. I'm supposed to be stressed all the time. It's supposed to be tricky. I have to go, go, go. I'm not supposed to stop when they, you know, it's like you literally haven't tried it. <laughs> it doesn't sound very logical to just, yeah. you know, write it off when in reality, it's not that hard to pay attention to any of the people truly crushing it right in like the most holistic sense like people we aspire and look up to and you really find the right interviews and you find those deep talks and those people are like man i prioritize my well-being right i really do prioritize like being fulfilled by the work that i do right making yeah. sure the people around me are the people i want around me and it's like that's not too hard to actually find when you just go looking for it so people have a chance to wake up to it it just takes a little work so so who are some of those role models or people you might look up for if say a listener wants to listen to some of those interviews sure. and, and get some inspiration. You know, the per first person always comes to mind when I'm asked this question is Paul check and that's mm -hmm. C H E K and he runs the check Institute. So there's just one example of his level of success. This guy runs a freaking Institute, but I consider him one of the most like holistically embodied humans I've ever seen. I think he's in his somewhere in his fifties, maybe later fifties mm -hmm. and could out train any 30 year old guy that you'd find at a gym, you know, like he's just, he, I think he was the first person I said, don't take health advice from someone who wouldn't give it without their shirt off. <laughs> and he's like, exemplifies that. Right. It's but true, he also right? like, um, just had a kid recently in the last few years and he gets to like fully play in his kid mode. He's a philosopher that's got this crazy library and is constantly learning and always being in that student mode. He's just one of the healthiest guys in all these different areas. And I'm sure he makes plenty of money. He, he looks like he lives on this incredible property, right? I, I, I don't know all those details, but I can only imagine like he lives like he's retired and then just does what he wants to do for fun, which is serve mm. people and, and be a genius in that sense. So yeah, he's probably yeah. the best examples. I, I love that. Um, and so how would then, you know, some, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like someone might be saying, well, that's great, but I'm really busy. You know, <laughs> I don't have yeah. the time to, to execute on, on all these leisurable activities how would you reframe it with your clients to be, to yeah. say, look, step back. These are the things we need to implement in your life because they will actually totally. move forward instead of pulling you back. Of course. So I just made a, a post about this on Facebook today, or excuse me, on Instagram today. And it's called productivity versus conductivity. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's great that our intention is to be productive. Right. And then let's just put up a really uh, common scenario. You get that like three, 4 PM slump where your energy is starting to dip. And then you have a few choices to make. Most people jump for some more caffeine so that they can have that energy back that they're needing to kind of finish the rest of their, the day. That would be a quote unquote productive thing to do. And it's also a very instant gratification thing to do and not thinking very long-term. I think true productivity should be the ability to guarantee sustained delivery, right? Not just guaranteeing this deliverable for this thing. It's like, how can we deliver this in a way that also sets us up and to be even better to deliver the next thing. 
So the difference with conductivity, and if you think of, if you're being conductive, right, or conducive, and you're letting electricity flow through you, you're letting energy flow through you, knowing how to take a 30 minute power nap actually would put you in a better position to finish the rest of your day than the caffeine mm-hmm. and set you up tomorrow to not be kind of damaged from the caffeine and kind of carry this ball and chain into the next day. So the, the switch between the two is actually basically just a little bit of education and realizing you can still meet that need of like, what's most important is being productive and getting it done on time and achieving. Mm-hmm. But it's this way and the, the story I like to tell or the metaphor, I guess, and I always get those mixed up if it's metaphor or analogy, <laughs> but uh, Abraham uh, Lincoln has know. that you, quote. You, you can keep going. Yeah. He has that quote. Uh, if I have six hours to chop down a tree, yeah, I'd spend the first four sharpening the ax. Right. So chopping down the tree is a productive thing to do if you need wood. And then how he's choosing to do it is a conductive way to do it. But what if there was a way in which how you chopped the tree also sharpened the ax at the same time? Well, that would be So sick. you can just start chopping away and the ax is staying sharp. What most people do is they go, 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 go and never stop until they literally have to stop. Right. They get sick. They get burnt out. They get a migraine, like whatever it might be. And the idea is stop before you need to. For, for the same reason why you never want to go grocery shopping when you're hungry, because you just buy all the wrong stuff. You're not there. You're not fully lucid. You're not able to really, you know, use your executive functioning when you're, when you're starving. So when your tank is depleted, I, I teach this idea of like living and, and leading from a full cup and not just a full cup, but an overflowing one. Mm-hmm. So instead of draining out the bottom and constantly just taking everything out of the cup to do what you need to do, fill the cup. So it's actually the overflow that spills into everything that you do and you're not getting drained by, you know, a normal quote unquote, normal workday. I love that. It's something that, you know, a few years ago when I read into Dave Asprey um, using meditation and power naps throughout the day has just been Mm -hmm. so critical and obviously not having any caffeine after one, I found that a sticking point for me. I couldn't imagine having it four. I'd be up all night. Um, That's not surprised. Yeah. But like you said, in order to fill the cup every day, it's going to have to start in the morning, I'm guessing, setting your intention. I love to hear what you would teach your clients to set them up right for the day. So it's not always putting out mm-hmm. fires first thing in the morning. Yeah, totally. So I have, a fir- I have a few key kind of pillars to a great morning ritual. Mm. The first one is really fun game changer is as soon as you get up, go to the bathroom and wash your face with cold water. Just splash your face with cold water. And if you're able to do that, which takes, you know, 10 seconds to walk to your bathroom and do that, you kind of wash off a huge chunk of like the grogginess. Most people like when they set the intention, they want to have a great morning. They really are genuine about it, but you're actually kind of fighting this sort of state in your body when you wake up, like your eyes still feel heavy and that's just there. So washing that off eliminates like most of the resistance. And then you're actually able to show up to like the stuff you have set up. So one of the other rules for a great morning is no checking your phone. Uh, for at least 60 minutes, at least go as long as you possibly can. In fact, just start getting into stuff and start your work day and don't check your phone till, you know, 1 PM. If you can, you know, it's like, that's, that's going to be, you know, the, one of the biggest pieces. Um, I always think it's important for people to get in their body first thing in the morning. And that's based on what your body needs. If you like working out in the morning and kind of revving yourself up that way, you should utilize that. That's a really valuable process. If it's just like light stretching or doing some breath work or something, that's great too. But the most important part is for people to realize that morning rituals, evening rituals should be treated like an experiment that you get excited about. It's like your own little laboratory to find what works best for you. So don't, 
And it's more important that you just have the container there than do it perfect or do it exactly the same every time, right? You're not going to do something consistently until you like it and enjoy it. So the main tip is to make it an experiment, make little checklists, actually review how it goes for you and make the adjustments as needed instead of giving up when something didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Yeah, exactly. So treating as an experiment, treating it like, hey, if, if this fails for whatever reason, I don't follow through, it's not the end of the world. And do you, so this is what I, I read this from James Clear, the Atomic Habits. So I wanted to start doing core work every morning. So I started doing it for two minutes in mm-hmm. the morning. Yeah. That's it. Just two minutes and yeah. slowly built the habit up and going higher higher. Is that what you recommend with your clients too? You know, just start of out. Of course. Yeah. Make small. it as, I love the idea of winnable games. Make the game as winnable as possible. Right. And someone says, oh, I'm going to start running 10 miles every day. And they haven't run in months. It's like, you're literally setting yourself up to. Mm-hmm have a lot of resistance so just don't do that make it easy to win exactly exactly and um hey i'm curious to know what is semantic intelligence is this what we've been covering so that's yeah somatic intelligence somatic intelligence so somatic or soma means of the body yep so some people could call it intuition but it's it's a little less woo woo than that and it's a little bit more actually based in being able to understand that everything that your body does is purposeful So when you're getting anxiety in the middle of the day, instead of treating that like a problem, treat it like a really clear signal. And it's clear because it's getting your attention, right? It's a clear signal trying to offer you wisdom. And there's an opportunity to actually get into the sensations of your body instead of trying to avoid them or trying to make yourself feel better to actually learn from the experiences and the feedback, the way your body's trying to communicate with you. In the same way that sometimes you you can genuinely feel a hunger signal for an example. And you're like, cool, I'm feeling kind of hungry. I think I'll make myself some food later. It's like, that's a really great, healthy feedback loop we have there. Right. And then sometimes we also ignore that signal too. And if we're get, if we're too stressed, if we're too caffeinated, different things will get in the way of us hearing that signal. So somatic intelligence is essentially um, kind of just a a title for a category of a way in which you relate with what's happening inside of yourself and, and trusting the body as like a, an honest and purposeful feedback loop, as opposed to being afraid of what's happening in the body or trying to resist it. Or, or Mm. the biggest problem is with somatic intelligence or the lack of it is that people respond to their body with this shouldn't be happening. What's happening right now shouldn't be happening. And if you started accepting that whatever is showing up in your body is happening for a reason. And if you pay attention, (laughs) it'll show you what to do with it. It'll show you where to go with it. So how would you know, how do you, how do you know to distinguish like a crazy limiting thought that's popped into your head versus an intuitive feeling and say somewhere in somewhere in your body. Um, well, one, you're just hearing thoughts in your head and the other one is like a sensation in your body. Right. Right. So think about when you, you, uh, I don't know if you, if you ever have a nice shot of whiskey and you feel once it gets into your belly, it's warm down there. Yeah. So you're feeling warmth as a sensation in your body. There's no, thoughts about it you can then think about it later but that initial feeling you're present and you're just like ah this feeling and you're just with that feeling right uh and and when it comes to intuition for me personally and i think everyone's a little different when i get like an intuitive hit there's no conversation about it whenever i'm thinking about a choice to make i'm like oh maybe i'll do this and then i'm still kind of thinking about these variables and ideas then i know i haven't felt grounded in my body in that decision but when it's like uh, like when you reached out to do the podcast and I'm reading your email 
my body just went, mm -hmm, let's do it. Let's good. I'm in. And it just, I could feel the clarity there and I didn't have to like sort it out or think about it. Ah, oh, well, thanks for that. That's how I think between the two, at least for me, I think okay. every, every, everybody's a little different. And before you were saying, you know, caffeine might numb that somatic feeling. Does that mean that you generally avoid, tell people to avoid caffeine or recently I started drinking matcha tea and I felt mm -hmm. that's way better, even though there is caffeine, but you're curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on how we should ingest caffeine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very, I think first and foremost, it should be respected. It's a really powerful plant, you know, like it works. <laughs> It does something you sometimes just a nice sip and like your body has been adjusted. And I think we shouldn't, we should, shouldn't take that lightly. It's, you know, caffeine is essentially the, the most popular drug in the world. If you include tea, right. Yeah. Tea and coffee, it's like, that's everybody's hooked. So just that the very nature of that alone makes me question it and want to kind of push back a little bit. I don't, I'm not a big fan of everyone just kind of going along with <laughs> what's sold to us just right? because it's yeah. normal. Yeah, like exactly. Normal. Exactly. So it's something worth have a healthy relationship with all these kinds of things. I think it's always worth truly knowing who you are sober and clean and disconnected so that you can consciously make choices about these things. Don't let your choice about what your relationship with coffee is going to be after the fact that you've been drinking it every day for 10 years. You're not in a position to, to consciously decide what coffee means to you. You have to actually then disconnect from a, a literal addiction and then choose when to bring it back. And I think a lot of people, whether it's coffee or cannabis or alcohol or all kinds of different things that we, you know, media, um, all kinds of different things we play with, right? It's yeah. like we get, we, we're addicts and we have to be willing to admit that. And I think we're, it's also so new, especially with technology and everything else, we don't quite realize what even hit us yet. That's my, my personal theory and kind of how I approach these things. And it's kind of fascinating, the sort of collective psychology around it. But yeah, it's definitely worth uh, uh, forming a healthy, as healthy relationship with po as possible for people. And for a lot of people, it means no caffeine at all because they're just not, their nervous system is not built for it. Mm, it's, it's really interesting how we move from one addiction to another, so to speak. And then addiction's a dirty word. So people will just call it a habit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And for the, and for, if you're listening as well and you're like, man, I, I can't get off coffee. One thing I have tried is matcha tea. It doesn't taste as good, but it doesn't yeah. have that same addictive quality as a, as a cup of coffee would. The way, the way to get off coffee is to get obsessed with what your energy potential actually is. Mm. Every, if you go and look up YouTube video, like every comment, it's like, oh my God, I finally quit. And I have more energy than I did when I was drinking it hundred percent of the time across the board, I've, I've actually never seen somebody get off caffeine and then say, you know, obviously it takes time. And once you want, you have to kind of, there's transition and there's ways to make that better or worse. Yeah, yeah. And I think everyone still deserves their like hot morning little tonic. I make tonics every morning, right? It's like, it's I, people, it's great to have that ritual. Um, but it's super important to realize coffee doesn't actually give you energy. Caffeine doesn't give you energy. Caffeine takes up the, I think it's called adenosine, the adenosine right. receptor that, and adenosine is what helps you feel tired so that your body knows to rest. So all caffeine actually does is make you, you, your body lie to you and say it's not as tired as it actually is. And that's why people, the moment they stop drinking caffeine, they are exhausted because that's actually how exhausted they are. That's what, that's what's pretty intense about it. Mm. so giving yourself when, when you do want to give up more caffeine and you get sleepy like those are the you have to take those naps and you have to get the extra sleep those days 
because that's going to put you in the best position to, you know, kind of get back to a, a new normal. Yeah. And that circles back to what you're saying to somatic intelligence, like recognizing that feeling and yeah. acting, acting on it appropriately. Yeah. A lot of people will, yeah, will, will, will associate or build this sort of association with the feeling of getting tired with, oh no, I'm not enough anymore. Right. Like, oh no, I can't keep crushing it the rest of the day. This is bad. When that signal is actually saying, Hey, you know what you should do next? You should do tired, like do the appropriate response to tired. That's why we're feeling tired. And then that will put you back to where you wanted to be. Mm. All right. And it's like, we're just, we're kind of interpreting the signal in the wrong way and thinking it's a bad thing when it's actually the appropriate, you know, next step. It's, it's fascinating stuff. And I know we could keep talking on and on about this stuff. I, I, we are limited for time. And I do want to ask a yeah. few, few questions about you and what's going on inside of your business. So what's your vision for the next six, 12 months with what you're doing next six, 12 months. we got a lot of awesome stuff going on. Um, I have a online course called ritual reboot. That's a dopamine de- guided dopamine detox and teaches a bit about, you know, kind of how to live this lifestyle. And um, we actually just created a physical workbook that goes along with the course that I'm super mm-hmm. excited about. And I don't see this happen a lot. Um, and since a big part of the program is getting people off of technology, we thought, how can we make this as analog as possible? So people can kind of go through the program, watch the videos and stuff, but have this journal that, that kind of holds their hand the whole way. Yep. So over the next six months, we're going to be beta testing that and, um, and start building a little machine to get that out to people. Cause I mean, that's a, you know, <laughs> half a billion person, you know, market <laughs> for dopamine detox at, you know, at least. So there's a lot of people ready to get that. It's huge. It's huge. Right. And so, and like you said, you're not going to try and niche it. You're just going to be going with just that message of dopamine detox from everything we've been speaking Yeah, The, the niche is, you know, one of the ads we're going to run, I'm excited about is just going to show, you know, when you're like staring at your phone, swiping through stories and you got the double chin thing going on, right. And you're just kind of leaned over. It's like, we're going to do a front facing camera video of that and kind of call people out and be like, Hey, is this what you're doing right now? Cause did yeah. you know that an hour per day distracted on social media, if that's your average and you add that up for a whole year, you actually lost a month and a half worth of eight hour workdays. A month and a half lost just by one hour of distraction a day. So people need to realize that, right? And so so anybody, whether you're a student or an entrepreneur or just want to like be mean, you know, be intentional in your life, you don't want to be distracted on your phone for an hour a day doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man, like when you hold up that mirror and it gets ugly, that, that's going to change a lot of people. That's- I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, we'll play We'll do a, we'll do a lot of different renditions, different people and try to hit all the demographics. It'll be fun. I know what you're saying, because like sometimes when I am on my phone and, I, you know, you click lock and you see your reflection, you're like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. like oh, God, is like, that what oh, I'm God. doing right now? Yeah, what right. Am I doing with my life? Um, and the one more thing I just want to follow up on that is like, okay, so you got this bay launch coming up. Um, someone else might be in that same position as well, testing something new. What's that one thing that you're, you're scared of that, you know, you need to focus on in order to achieve your goal. Hmm. That's a really good question. I think, I think with this program and this launch and, and where we want to take it, it's, it's continuing to, be just staying willing to receive the most uncomfortable feedback as possible. Right. Cause we want to build the best program possible. So if someone's like, yo, I, I really didn't like how you presented this piece or this didn't make any sense to me, or 
I don't like how you talk or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. I'm just staying in that, in that position where I'm happy to continue to receive that. Cause that's the only way to build a great product is to let the customers tell you what their experience of it is. So does that mean that, you know, it's the getting the feedback and then, you know, you're having to reiterate and create, um, rework what you've just done and put a lot of time into or is it? Yeah. 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 And it's kind of like just dropping my ego aside. And it's like, I don't want to build the pre- the little training presentation I built. I want to build the one that works. I want yes. to build the one that, that's, you know, that everyone's happy with because I'm not making it for me. So yeah, it's like just getting out of the way and taking the hits and turning that right into an adaptation and continuing to keep that feedback loop happening. I think it's really critical what you said, like you're balancing what you, what you know works and, trying to put the customer in, in the process, but you know, sometimes they're not always right. Sometimes they don't know what's going to help them in the long yeah. run. So yeah. yeah, really respect that, that comment at the end there. Um, Nathaniel, where's the best place for my audience to find you? If, if you want to talk about your, your launch coming up, you know, where they can sign up for that more than happy for you sure. to have the floor. Yeah. Thanks man. Um, if you go to my nathanielsolis.com, that's my name. Um, that'll kind of link you to everything else for the most part. I do most of my, internet partying on Instagram. Uh, I love doing stories on there and, and, you know, just kind of sharing myself chatting with people. So if anybody's listening, feel free to say, hi, I'm a real human being. I'm happy to, you know, <laughs> say, say hello, uh, ritualreboot.com for the course that we were just, you know, mentioning. And mm-hmm. that's, that's about it. I try to keep it simple, I'm not doing too many things online right now. All right. So just your Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. Makes it makes it easy for, for us to reach you. Thanks a lot for coming to storytelling secrets today, Nathaniel. Yeah, thanks so much, Jules. It was great. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests' freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.